everybody, and welcome to Hotline Monday. It's Hotline Monday for the 18th of April, 2016. I'm Scott Johnson. There's the Justin Robert Youngman. Well, look at you rocking out over there. The, the Justin Robert Youngman? Youngman. You know, like a Youngman? like a Jewish, uh, you sound like a, a Jewish man when I call you that. Justin uh-huh. Robert Youngman. You know, they're, they're Young's not not a, not a an un-Jewish last name. Yeah. What's the origin? Do you I know? I tell you that, that I found that, that I my my grandfather had a secret family and that he was uh, a part Jewish and and the and the secret young family of Canada is is Jews. Yeah, and he lived here for a while or something, right? Well, he lived. Yeah, he lived. Listen, man, he was a he was a rake and a roust about that guy. But <laughs> but at some point, yeah, listen, man, there there are uh, I have I have family. I have Jewish family in Canada. Do you ever you don't ever see them or what's the deal? I there? know that they existed. You don't so, get, you don't get like they, a 10, they, 10 you don't get like 10 bucks in the mail every couple of months or something like that. No. I mean again, like if <laughs> I would run into them on the street, it would be a shock that any of us knew that the others existed. Wow. I don't I ha- mean, he was an old school like he was a he was a guy that like it took it took effort to be kind of that cruddy. <laughs> well, how does one find <laughs> out if you fly a plane when that was not like a thing to do? How does one find out if they have Jewish heritage or other ethnic ethnic heritage in their life? How do you find that out? Would you how did you find out? You have to trace down the mother. You know, all uh uh it is and I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that there are more people who are uh, uh connected to the Jewish community that could probably explain this more, but as I understand it, yeah. You're like only culturally jewish unless your mother's jewish yeah so that's that's a that's a key that's a key thing didn't know that that's interesting yeah so if you're so if your mother married a jewish man and you went around saying you're jewish you're not you're not really i think if you she converts yeah then uh then then maybe but you want to know what this kind of awkward uh, dialogue about important subjects is what everybody should expect on the show because we're not going to stop talking about religion. No, 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 no. We're going to go right from the frying pan and into the fire and talk about race. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hotline Monday, the only geek talk radio show on the internet beaming to you live on so many different platforms it's not funny at this hour anyway that we know of at this hour we're the only live show focused on geek nerd topics that we know that indeed isn't just scott and i talking because i'm gonna let y'all know we could just do it scott and i could just have a show where we just talk you know and that would be fine and that would be x amount of success right we could just do it but we said no 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 no. we want to go above me on we want to talk to you the folks out there find out what y'all got on your mind. And I'll tell you what I read a whole lot about this weekend, Scott. Mm. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, J- J- uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarjo. Scojo or Scarjo. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. She's the horse. Wh- no, she was on the horse whisperer. She was not the whisperer her, uh, whisperer himself, but she was in it. She really? Was, she was very young in that. Yeah. She was in the horse whisperer. <laughs> yeah. The old one. How the, old is that movie? <laughs> very like this would have been like uh, 90 late 90s. Something like that. I've Holy heard. smokes. Yeah, think of that. So so uh, let, let, let's go over. Let, let's 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 explain what is this situation, Scott? As okay. you as you know it, lay it out there for everybody who's listening. Here's how I understand it. Get this phone number ready. First of all, everybody, 801-895-4724. That's where you're going to want to call here in a minute and be part of this conversation. Here's what I understand about the situation. 
Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Popular manga, popular anime. All right. I have only seen the anime. I can speak to no other parts of its reach. As far as I know, it's the single most important work man has ever done. But I don't know that because the only real exposure I've had is that fine initial film. There were other movies and other bits of animation made uh, since then that I've not seen. So I come at this purely from the perspective of what I remember from the first uh, animated film attempt of Ghost in the Shell. A violent, near-to-far-future vision of where man is headed with all of its intricate whatevers. And in that, we have a, a cast of characters, most of which are played by or portrayed as Asian characters. Yeah. And it is beloved among those who enjoy anime. It is basically, uh, for, for many people, it is their Akira, or it sits right alongside Akira. As- and and, that, and that, that's what I would say. is To me, mm-hmm. the, the, and put them in whatever order you want, because I'm not knowledgeable enough to, to make a definitive statement, but, but, but the Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage of, of anime, the, the, the two that stand apart mm-hmm. from everything else in terms of importance and cultural relevance is Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. And if somebody wants to call and refute that, that's totally fine. I'm a big fan of Ninja Scrolls. I could watch that five times to Wednesday uh, or Monday. <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I, I don't know much about the uh, the underpinnings of any other connection to this stuff. And I just want to make that really clear if it seems like I'm hammering that home. Because there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of times people come into these conversations and have a very superficial view of what's happening. My purely superficial view of this product is, or of this uh, production. No, you're getting it out there very early that you have a superficial <laughs> view. And, and, and uh, like, by the way, can you tell that we're like, that we're, that we're girding up, that we're like, that we're already curling into a ball, just waiting for someone to punch us. Uh, so here, so, so Scarlett Johansson gets cast in the movie version. Yeah. She is not Asian, by the way. Just to point that out, not Asian. As you are, uh, are are listening to this and have no idea, God knows why you're listening to a geek and pop culture podcast that involves other people's opinion on such <laughs> matters. But yeah, Scarlett Johansson, white as the driven snow, gorgeous yeah. actress, uh, and also action cred these days, uh, what with her films Lucy and her role as Black Widow in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So she's cast... In Ghost in the Shell, it gets X amount of press. But for whatever reason, the picture of her, which to my eyes looked close to what the reference photo that they were using in the anime, set the world aflame, whitewashing. (laughs) Uh, And then there were were some other secondary elements to it. Uh, Scott, what was your... What was your first thought? My, my first thought seeing it, uh, I'm going to be totally honest about this. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I, what I perceived and how I feel are two different things. And I'll explain. What I saw was what looked fine to me. It was like, oh, all right. They're, they're, they got that going. That looks good. She's good. I like the hair. This is, it looks right. You know, it's the, the, the tone of this looks right. Didn't really even occur to me. Didn't strike me as weird. That that this wasn't being portrayed by an Asian actor. That wasn't the first thing I I saw, or in in this case, didn't see. Okay. Yeah. That being said, once it was pointed out to me, and some would say, "Well, that's the problem with the with the social justice warriors is they come in and point out things that don't matter, and now you think they do." All right, get that out yeah. of your system now. 
whoever wants to say that or levy that toward me, but I'm going to say that once somebody pointed out, I kind of went, oh, yeah, why, why, why? Like, why aren't we doing that? I had the same exact reaction that I had when it was pointed out to me that Gods and Kings featured nothing but white dudes from here in England. Uh, yeah. The same thing pointed out to me when various films of this ilk come out and there's nobody attached to it. Now, in the 50s, when we were all doughheads and we were making Ben-Hur and Ten Commandments, it didn't. It wasn't a big deal because nobody cared, and by that I mean nobody cared about what it meant to be a uh, lesser thought of portion of the of the of the populace or somebody in a minority or whatever. You just didn't care. White people made movies, so white people made movies, and when those movies involved people of color, they would be white people playing those those characters. So yeah. when it happened then, that's a contextual time thing. When it happens now, in a in a global I society. Terrible that it happened then. No, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't, but, I'm not saying that just, justifies just make it. Make clear, it was. It wasn't like we're like, anyway. So let's get back to the good <laughs> old days when no one cared about blackface. Like, no, 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 no. Terrible that it happened then. That that's fine. Let's just move on. Right? Yeah, terrible that it happened then. But here we are in 2016, a global community with uh, more exposure to each other than ever, and it feels weird when it happens now. So when you when you put Johnny Depp, despite some of his heritage being Native American, when you put Johnny Depp in the role of Tonto and make him the chief role in the uh, the, the Lone Ranger movie, it yeah. raises eyebrows. When you do it with a movie like the one we're talking about, it raises eyebrows. So so eyebrows are raised, and so are voices and anger and twitters and pissed off stuff. And so that's, we want to yeah. hear what you guys think. Eight zero one eight nine five four seven. Two four, and we have our first caller here. Caller, what do you think? Uh, hi, this is Tall Geese. Hey, man. What's Did up, you buddy? say Tall Geese um, or Doggies? What, what was your name? Tall Geese. Tall Geese. Oh, yeah, you have. That's why it's familiar. All right, Tall Geese. Anyway, what's uh, what? Do you, what's your take on this thing? Uh, but Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, portrayal of uh, of an anime. Yep. I love yeah. an anime. Um, uh, I don't. I, I mean, I think it's pretty tone deaf. I mean, in the current climate where this is like a larger conversation that's been building, uh, I can see that, you know, they probably could have chosen somebody else. But I, I forgot who the director was who was saying, like, well, if I, I, I can't cast, I can't sell the movie if the lead actor is like Mohammed Mohammed or something like that. Oh, it was uh, a name that people don't recognize it. It was, uh, um, Ridley, I want to say that was Ridley Scott that was, talking that was about. Oh, Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley that was, Scott said Ridley that. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like that where you know they're trying to sell it. I mean, that that's a completely awful statement, but you know, you know, as far as like she'll do a good job. She's a good actress as far as the the, the action role, but as far as trying to to make it, you know, uh, clear, you know, the same line of the anime or whatever, they're kind of you know, taking it away from the fans and stuff like that. But they're trying to sell a movie. They're not trying to you know, get complete fan service on things. Sure, sure. Well, all right. Well, here's a here's a here's something I'll add to that. Brian or uh, uh, Justin, Brian. Yeah. I don't talk to Brian too much. <laughs> um, and callers, keep it coming. If you don't get through, keep ringing. We will add you to the call. Um, I just want to say this though: Is it possible? Because anime is this way has always been this way, or at least from my perception. Again, I'm not a big anime guy, so take this for whatever level I'm at. Level one or two is where I'm at. You guys go to a hundred or something. Uh, it always seems to me that there are there are plenty of examples of anime where the leads in the in the stories are not only made to look like uh, the the director's vision or the artist's vision of a white person, but sometimes extremely so, with exaggerated yeah. eyes and exaggerated features and all these other sorts of things. Is it possible, from a devil's uh, advocate perspective here, 
Uh, because if you look, if you look at screen grabs from Ghost in the Shell, the movie, again, I can't speak to the to the manga. Uh, you could maybe come away from that going, yeah, well, this is another example of the Japaneseification of their ideal of a Caucasian that they often put in these stories and they yeah. tell stories about. Is it possible that this this one is way too blown out of whack because simply because, you know, we're, we're, I mean, the conversation's a bigger conversation. The caller made a really good point about that. So everybody's talking about it. It's building to a certain point. But is it possible this is a bad example? Like we ought to be focused more on the gods and kings of the world than other weird Egyptian thing that came out a while ago with Gerard well, well, Butler? I mean, there, there, is, there is no doubt that this is not an issue unto itself, right? This is not an island. This is a reaction to a reaction to a reaction to a reaction. And that's why it becomes so hot so fast is because when you talk about this, you are not just talking about Ghost in the Shell. You're talking about Ghost in the Shell as the latest in a trend, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why things get so so fired up about it. So whether or not this is a perfect example, there is no denying the fact that the history of this issue plays a role. Right. Let me let me lay it out in a few different uh, a few different ways. As soon as we get this caller's opinion, caller, what do you think? Hey, this was Dice Meta. What's going on? Hey, man, nice uh, to hear from you, Diced. What's up? All right. So, so I got words about this. Now, the the biggest issue with the whole Ghost in the Shell thing, as far as um, like Scarlett Johansson has all the acting ability in the world to be able to play this character, and there, one of the arguments I heard against it was the fact that. Well, since Major Kusanagi is a robot, she can it's essentially inherit or uh, inhabit any body. Mm-hmm. So the shell, in that sense, doesn't matter in that case. But the first problem, I, I guess, in that is that her, her name is Japanese, and the whole setting of this uh, the story takes place in you know the heart of Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you so if you were saying to me. All right, let's let's take out the vagaries. Her name, her, she has a Japanese name. Yes, she's an android. That's the whole point. Ghost in the Shell. She has a essentially a, well, she has a, a body, but an artificial intelligence that inhabits that body. So you, yes, you could excuse it all the way with that. But but if if we're going that they just have Japanese names, I could name, I don't know, twenty other Japanese animated films from Miyazaki and others where their names are Japanese, yet they are being portrayed as not Japanese, or at least. That's what you're getting off the film, uh, and perception, perceptions may vary. That's another whole wrinkle to this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, you, the, you, go ahead. The problem with that is when, it, is when it comes to supporting cast is a mostly, if I remember right, Japanese cast, if not all Japanese characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, attributed by their names and whatnot. And you have them being human in, in of themselves. So are they going to have Japanese actors for them? Um, the plot, it sounds like itself, could essentially be transplanted anywhere, large urban city, insert here. Um, it, there's just the the, um, the the background of uh, the rest of the supporting characters and the uh, the environment. That's that's the issue. I think what one thing that is what people are complaining about. Right. That, that that is a very good point. That all of a sudden, okay, so Scarlett Johansson is playing the lead role. But now, if all the rest of the supporting characters are Asian, then it almost makes the problem worse. Scott, I got this in three different, very specific kinds of problems. All right, let's hear it. I'm going to separate it out. And and this is not to say that any one of them are more or less valid, but this is how I can understand it. 
You have an industry problem, i.e. Asian actresses who are, are looking at prime roles for which they would be perfect for because they happen to look like it uh, and, and uh, that they are like, okay, if I was ever going to make an A-list, $100 million, out-of-the-box action-adventure movie, it'd be Ghost in the Shell mm -hmm. that feel very, very, very frustrated that this is their glass ceiling for which they can't break through. All right. And there is a palpable frustration to that uh, as evidenced by, uh, and this was, I believe, when Scarlett Johansson was cast. Oh, no, never mind. This is uh, when this came out last week. Ming-Na Wen who I believe is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., says mm -hmm. nothing against Scarlett Johansson. In fact, I'm a big fan, but everything uh, against this whitewashing of an Asian role, right? Mm -hmm. So she is somebody, Ming-Na Wen is taking this very personally, and I don't blame her, by saying, like, when's going to be Ming-Na Wen's time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if, if not Ghost in the Shell, it, it sure is, it hell isn't going to be random romantic comedy where she runs a bakery and the dog walker falls in love with her right because yeah. that role goes to Scarlett Johansson too can I overcomplicate can I complicate your your this point just a tiny tiny bit yeah nobody nobody would be complaining I don't think they'd be complaining if this was a Chinese actress or a Korean actress um yes. not that is pure conjecture on my part I don't know that for sure we would probably be complaining less because because yeah. this is again this is a a, a racial thing and not necessarily a national thing. Right. I.e., would not necessarily be any better if uh, a Canadian actress were, were were playing the Japanese. And the reason I the reason I say that is having grown up in a family of mixed race, I have three Korean siblings and a lot of sort of the 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 we used to call it the Korean cloud hangs over our family. We don't mean it in a negative way. It's just always there reminding you. A so, happy cloud. Yeah, it's a happy cloud. And we're always learning new things about cultural differences and all this other stuff. And you're also learning about some of the innate, I don't want to call it racism, but some of the some of the built-in baggage that, that, say, Koreans have for the Japanese, given their history. Yeah. Some of the Japanese, or the history between the Chinese and the Japanese, or the Chinese and the Koreans, uh, North Korea and South Korea. Like, all of these things, they make up for their own interesting prejudices, their own prejudicial sure. back and forth. And so... I, I think that maybe we all, all of us with our eyes that have a hard time discerning the difference between those three races, which, by the way, I can do very easily because I grew up with Koreans. Yeah. Um, so I know the the telltale physical differences anyway, but but most people don't. So to us, we're like, ah, she's Asian. That's good. Way to go, uh, casting. And then, but over there, they're like, ah, how are you putting a Korean in a, in a Japanese role? This is... But I think, you know, all right, but, but focusing on the industry, yeah. which... At this point, if an American studio is making it, you're likely you're looking at even geographically a New York and L.A. based community of Asian actresses who are saying Korean, Japanese, Chinese, whatever. Like we can't get a break. We can't get a break if these gigantic roles are not going to Asian women. So there's that. Right. There's right. industry problem. Right. Then there's audience. There are Asian moviegoers who might be a fan of this uh, program who are like, listen, when are there going to be people that I relate to because they look like me that are going to be in hero roles on screen? And what a lot of this uh, has kind of brought up is that, hey, isn't it also kind of weird that beyond the fact that this particular role went to Scarlett Johansson, that you've never seen an Asian man who's not a goofball, like be a suave lady killer and get the girl at the end, mm. you know, that there are these entrenched ideas about what Asian 
actors and therefore characters can play. And so there's a frustration from people who are either, either are Asian or are sympathetic to the cause that are saying, well, when are we just going to like get any kind of diversity up there? That's not limited to Asians. That's the same thing with Hispanics, African-Americans, yada, yada, yada. So there's the audience problem. Right. But then here's the third rail. All right. Story. If you are a fan of this story, the ghost in the shell story, it is almost uncontroversial to say that casting Scarlett Johansson is the way that you get the most money and the most artistic freedom to tell that story. Yep. Guaranteed. Here's the problem. When when you can say that Ridley Scott is a racist bigot if you want to, sure. but you're, you're being reductive. Uh, what he's saying is kind of cold, hard cash facts on the table, which is he is going to have an easier time selling that film because it's got Christian Bale in it. And then yes. other guy's name I can't ever remember. And all of these famous white uh, Shakespearean types in your movie, then it would ever be for him to try to sell it with actual Egyptian born, raised ethnic Egyptian folk in it. Yes. The, and, and you know what? I hate saying this because this isn't the world I wish I lived in. But he's right. You're well, no, not I mean, going to sell it for as well. Story. For a story. Right. Again, like, if, if he wants to tell that story, then yes, that this is the way that he does it, and that's the path of least resistance. But it leads to weird stuff like this. This is from ScreenCrush.com. According to multiple independent sources close to the project, we now swing back to Ghost in the Shell. Mm. Aramount and DreamWorks commissioned visual effects tests that would have altered Scarlett Johansson in post-production to quote-unquote shift her ethnicity and make the Caucasian actress appear more Asian <laughs> in the final product. All right, hold that thought. We'll get to that in a second. We got a caller. Hey, caller, who are you and what's on your mind? Hi, my name is Ashley. I'm calling from Monterey, California. Nice to have you here, Ashley. What's uh, up? Monterey Pop. Yep. Go. <laughs> yep. Um, actually, I was calling because I wanted to uh, mention last week you guys were talking about doing movies the uh, the uh, Jungle Book redo when mm -hmm. they're doing all the CGI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought the, the Last Unicorn would be a cool movie with live action and CGI. Wait, I, I can't think of why cool. is my brain not working on what The Last Unicorn is? Should I know what that the is? The Last Unicorn, yeah, you know, the unicorn, and then she gets turned into a human by the magician, and then the bull chases all the unicorns. Into the <laughs> oh my ocean. gosh, I feel like an idiot because I don't know what this is. I feel like I should so, know this. It's one of those weird random movies that you watch when you're a kid, like The Dark Crystal, that like only a few people really know so about. The, and <laughs> the, the Last Unicorn came out in 1982. It was produced by Rankin and Bass uh, and featured the voices of Alan Arkin, Jeff Bridges, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury, and Christopher Lee. Oh, man. That's a pretty wow. good cast. That's not bad. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm all in on that remake. I, that way it'll be all new to me because I never saw that thing. I have no idea what that even is. Let's By try the way, for the record, do you know that Angela Lansbury is still alive? No, yeah, she's still kicking, dude. She's like a, a, a jillion years old, and she was doing live like theater in San Francisco last year. She's just killing it. Murdering, she wrote, until she's the very end. roles. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, call her. Go ahead. Hi, this is Shane. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about the whitewashing of Hollywood and whether or not we think this Ghost in the Shell controversy is worth the stick it's written on or whatever. Yeah, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson and, and, and Ghost in the Shell, a white actress playing an Asian role. What's your take? Well, my, you know, I'm a white guy, so I guess it, it's hard to say how I can see how the, how, like, you know, the Japanese people are feeling, but when Samuel L. Jackson was cast as, uh, 
Nick Fury, I didn't. I was like, cool. Yeah, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's a great actor. Well, most most so, people were, and there. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to bring this up, Justin. If if uh, you look at that as an example, uh, it feels like progress, and it also feels like progress. Not just because hey, a black black actor is now in a role that's good. Um, more than that, it's more that. Okay. So that that is satisfying the industry, right? Black actors saying, when are we going to get to have big, gigantic, awesome roles in gigantic franchises? And audiences of African-American moviegoers saying, hey, it'd be really nice. I'd probably be more interested in seeing a movie if somebody that looked like me was up on screen. Mm -hmm. So that satisfies those two things and probably is unaffected by the story element to it. Because, you know, the the, the Avengers movies and Iron Man and everything, probably, uh, you know, depending on who else they casted, you know, they probably could have casted a, a white actor that was more famous than Samuel L. Jackson. But in general, you could probably say the story element is a push there. Well, here's my question. If this if if. OK, so there are still people somewhere, somewhere even listening to this, probably that are still mad that Sam Jackson took the role that was traditionally in the comics, a white guy. Yeah. Now, I know that those people exist. Let's flip yeah. this all on its end. Ghost in the Shell. Let's say it's produced by an American film company based on an American comic book has no Asian ties whatsoever other than maybe there's some story elements in there. Yeah. And that we had a, 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 uh, Caucasian, uh, uh, protagonist who is now going to be played by an Asian actress. Take your pick. Who doesn't matter. What happens then? Do, 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 I guess what I'm saying is, well, I mean, I guess again, like, like you have to, to put it in that context kind of ignores why people are upset. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there has to be a context to it. Right. Like if somebody cast if, if they if they were making the movie with a white actress that was not a bankable star, I feel like people would be even angrier than they are mm-hmm. because there is the element of like, hey, listen, this movie's going to get made bigger on a bigger budget with more press around it uh, and more people will go to see it because Scarlett Johansson's there. One one second, put a pin in that for one second. For whatever reason, I pulled up the last unicorn um, Wikipedia, and I've just there's this one sentence that's calling out to me. I'm spo- <laughs> last unicorn spoilers okay. for anybody who hasn't seen it. Uh, I just for whatever reason, the unicorn and Smendrick later gain a second traveling companion, Molly Grew, the careworn lover of bandit leader Captain Cully. <laughs> <laughs> this sentence just jumped out of my screen. A screen it hit me in the face. So wow. I just had to read it because right. I thought it would give. Yeah, me no, I don't. I wouldn't have felt good if we had finished the show without you at least pointing <laughs> pointing that out. That's pretty good. Unicorn and Schmendrick. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, I, I think that like everything is about what is being taken away. To understand the controversy here is to understand what the stakes are, and the reason why, as much as I I understand the idea of like, hey, look. This is just, you know, it's like when Sam Jackson was uh was was Captain Fury. I I I understand where people are saying that, but that doesn't like, you know, all right, the, the victim there is probably a white actor, maybe an older white actor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And considering, you know, the 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 next uh the the, the next uh, uh romantic comedy you see will probably have a leading man that's in his 40s, you know, uh, uh, romancing a girl that's 18. The perception is that one less 
older white guy getting a role is not a gigantic loss. There's yeah. not a, a a big howling industry wide of when when will we the older white guys get a chance? <laughs> no, and and that's my devil devil's advocate point here is that there is yeah. a there's a position of power and that changes that context changes everything about it. But I know there are people out there bugged about it. I know they are. I I don't know that they're going to call us today. They tend to just yell on the internet and not actually show up and you know be less anonymous. But let's see if this caller has something to say. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, hi, this is Don uh, from Santa Cruz. That's uh, Oak Dragon in the chat room. Oh, nice, Oak Dragon. Nice to have you here, man. What's on your mind about this whole uh, subject? Yeah. Oh, I was just looking at and I see you where I've caught up. You're, you're talking about that uh, power aspect, and I think that's a good part of it. Um, the idea that uh, earlier talking about uh, Ming-Na Wen won't appear, appear in just a, a flower shop owner position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see so few times where a person of color is chosen for a role that doesn't require a person of color. Uh, in that sense, uh, having uh, Samuel Jackson chosen as Nick Fury was a progress because it wasn't a quote-unquote black role. Ah, make, uh, you make a really good point. I'd like to point this out. Don't you feel, Justin, that maybe this the justice we're, we're all hoping for, whatever that equilibrium is, is happening at a faster rate on television than it is in films like i see a lot more not just diversity for diversity's sake but a lot more like interesting casting choices based on the unique perspective and personality that a actor of uh some other ethnicity someone who isn't white is that brings to the role and isn't necessarily a role where you go well that's the role for the black guy and that's the one for the smart asian guy and that's the one for the whatever it seems like tv's a little bit ahead of the curve to me in some ways uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would say that that's, uh, I mean, like, so that, that is, that is both remarkable and unremarkable, right? Because number one, it's unremarkable in that there's a lot more television made and, and it's at a lot smaller stakes because the budgets are smaller. Uh, the, the platforms are often smaller, so you can make, uh, you, you can take chances and, and, uh, and, and take risks where you couldn't otherwise, but it is remarkable on the industry level, getting back to the industry problem, which is. Again, something that like we can have empathy for. And if you know somebody that is an actor, then you can have empathy for them. But it is something that is very specific. This is about you trying to go to work and work telling you we don't have any money for you right now. <laughs> right? Right. But let's go ahead to your point. Alan Yang, the the the, the co-creator of Master of None yeah. on uh, on Netflix, an executive uh producer when they won an award at uh, the Critics' Choice Awards uh, earlier this year, said the following, Thank you to all the straight white guys who dominated movies and TV so hard for so long. The stories about literally anyone else seem fresh and original. <laughs> you guys just crushed it for so long that anything else seems kind of different. Wow. Wow. He's got a point, though, doesn't he? I mean, it, it's it's certainly an an an, an interesting perspective that mm-hmm. you know the, the, his his point is. Hey, look, we can do anything, and everyone will be like, "Wow, what a strange, fresh perspective." <laughs> Caller, what do you think? Uh, well, this is uh, Lincoln McScott from Columbus, Ohio, which I know is not what you asked. But, That's all right. Um, we like Columbus. Are- Every time Columbus represents, uh, we are all up in that man. We like it. Us. Yep. You, you guys, have, I have so much to say. First of all. I was, I, I had an older sister the last unicorn. 
horrible movie. I had to watch that like every week. It's just awful movie. Um, oh my God, forward. this is the most controversial. We're talking about race and, and, and power and, and, and uh, cultural sensitivity, and yet the most controversial element of this podcast is going to be whether or not The Last Unicorn sucked or not. <laughs> I love it. No, this is. I hope this is the beginning of a long, regular caller relationship want, with this particular. I want everybody yeah. to register their opinion about the last unicorn is the first thing they say before your name. Just say the last unicorn ruled or sucked, or you haven't seen no, it. No, this is amazing. All right, continue on. Keep yeah, going. But um, you know, and I don't know. I see one side of the argument totally. That's like, you know, I don't care who's in what movie. I don't care what the actor looks like. It doesn't matter race or anything. And so. I would like to say I think that should be the goal for everything mm. and saying, hey, if it's a white person in an Asian role, that's great. It shouldn't matter. Granted, I am a, I am a wasp, so forgive me. <laughs> but, you know, it, I don't think it should matter. But then, And I think it was Brian Ibbett, and I'm probably going to paraphrase this totally wrong. But I got the impression of what he was saying is, like, that works if the scales are balanced, but they're not yet, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a white culture. We have done a lot of bad things to people who weren't white, um, and white being, you know, as I say, American, maybe is a better way to say it. Um, and it, it's not really balanced yet. I mean, I literally just moved out of a city where, and, and I, I'm going to offend someone probably, so forgive me, but there was a road called, called Jap Camp Road, and that was a road where the Japanese internment camp was. You know, we weren't good people. You know, we've come a long way mm-hmm. since then, but we're not there yet, so... I would like to say, let's just say, let bygones be bygones, but I, I don't think we're there yet. I'm a huge anime fan. Well, here, um, here, I don't know if you guys saw Dragon Ball Z, yes. or the Dragon Ball live-action movie that came out. Yeah, it was, it was a white guy playing that Asian role. It was terrible. And the movie was horrible. That movie was bad in about a thousand ways. Like the, I'd, put, I'd put that up next to your unicorn thing and put my money on that Dragon Ball Z adaptation. <laughs> it was terrible, man. Terrible. You know. But here's the thing, though, Justin. Yeah. Thanks for the call, by the way. The... Uh, the idea that the balance, the 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 balance isn't, or the scale isn't balanced. I, the, real quick, I really hope that there's a a, a car dealership on Jap Camp Road. <laughs> I really hope that there's just some like, come on down. We've got Hondas. We've got all the the very. Uh, I didn't even realize that that was going to be a Japanese car. Now anything else I say is going to be insanely racist. So never mind. Ah, so I was going to make a joke, and I couldn't even make a joke because I forgot that. Hondas were Japanese cars because I don't see color. Anyway, well, go they, ahead. Make, they make a lot of those here in America. Um, no, what I was going to say on Jap Camp Road. What I was going to say is, what was I going to say? Frick, I forgot now. It was about oh the 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 the, the scales this the the balance not be quite being there yet. And here's the trick: it takes a lot to overcome culturally when you ad- when you do atrocious things on a macro scale. So. It is it is hard to, for example, for Germany to get out from underneath what Germany was in the in the during the war and previous to that. It's yeah. very hard for them. We everyone loves Germany. We love their cars. We love their people. They love us. Everyone loves everyone. But there's always that little thing there, and mm-hmm. we have got those kinds of things right here at home. We have we got stuff that still underpins things. You and I aren't going out and doing racist things, but we primarily me because I'm as white as rain. Uh, I belong to a, uh, a a historical race where if it, it's kind of whether or not it has anything to do with my generation isn't the point. The point is when you do bad things in the past and they're that big and that long lasting and affect as many lives as they do, even something what seems as simple as casting a girl to be in a movie that doesn't happen to be Asian is kind of a problem or can be. 
And just to give people uh, uh, a, a understanding when Scott says that he is whiter than I am, what he means is that I have the complexion of the kid who had the heart ring in Captain Planet. Um, so. <laughs> well, to, and that is to say you have pigment at all. I have, I, I, man, I got, I, I'm mitten pigs way I, I got pigment. I got, um, no, I got no pigment. So, but, but here's, but here's, uh, again, this is where we have to separate it because certainly these are built on our cultural wounds. The fault lines for which we are arguing on come from these larger, deeper issues. And we, and we are only cheating ourselves to try and forget them or bury them. But this specific fight would be if, again, this is on the industry side, right? This is if, for whatever reason, we were in a different world, which is why kind of podcasting is amazing and we can just kind of get our message out here and do whatever we want. Our ability to put stuff out there to the people is limited by our own desire to do it now that we have X amount of equipment, right? Right. right. Uh, but let's say we didn't live in that world. And let's say the only way that we could get our message out is based on our the literal tones of our voice. Like if you were to just measure out where our voices fell on a scale. Yeah. And they were saying, well, you want to know what? Uh, we really love this concept for Hotline Monday where people call in. Here's the only problem is that uh, Justin has a very pleasing tone uh, <laughs> and your tone is just kind of a little too nasally. Uh -huh. So we're going to replace you with somebody else and you just couldn't, even though this was your idea, even though this was made for you, this show was is based on me and you having an interaction and being able to bounce off people. Right. You were not allowed to be in it, and therefore it's you know spelled doom for lesser prospects for which you had even less of a connection to. Uh, yeah, when you put it in those terms, I, I like this sort of thing. For example, yeah, like being able to say, take it away, take out all of the the fury of it for a second, and the obvious stuff that's the problem or the things we all perceive as the problem and look at it through that lens makes you think. How I mean, I'm just saying there's a lot of Asian actresses that just don't want to necessarily have to crawl up in one of those skin tight, sparkly uh, dresses, you know, and, and be a waitress in an Asian uh, in a Chinese restaurant scene. Right? right. Like, you know, they just want other work. That's exactly Paul, right. What do you think? Hey, it's uh, Gabe from San Francisco. Oh, hey, Gabe. I always um, like hearing from Gabe. What's up, man? Uh, so I just want to talk to you guys about, um, so I have family in Mexico. I go visit them and we often go to the movies together. And uh, I'm kind of on the fence on like how she feel about Scarlett Johansson playing the main character in that movie because she has a lot of pull power. And when you go to, I mean, we take the trailers have to appeal to an audience. And uh, if it's Scar Joe, it's going to pull so much. And like my parents really don't listen to movies about someone they know. Yeah. So I can understand. And it's obviously going to always play a role in who gets casted and what. But, I mean, what if the movie is really good and she's really good in it? I mean, what do we forget about her being casted as that? Or are we still just going to, even if it's bad, oh, this it's is going to matter. This is good. See, I like this line of thinking because uh, yeah. we're talking about the old Hollywood system. Who's your star? Oh, you've got Robert Redford in there, I see. I'll go to your movie. Like, there's like a, there's like this weird... Um, well, there's star power and we can't, that cannot be a denied part of this. Like you no. cannot deny Scarlett Johansson's current star status is pretty out there and up there. No. And she's going to pull in people controversy or not, probably more so this would have to really turn into a giant fart for this to, to negatively affect the box office numbers. Don't you think at this stage, unless the movie's just crap. 
no, yeah. If the movie's good, then everyone will, uh, and by everyone, I mean the larger press right. will forget about it. Right. Uh, and they will say, in a tough situation, Scarlett Johansson did very, very well and, and gave an exceptional performance. And if it's terrible, then it'll it'll be like uh, the Dragon Ball movie or or like the uh, the Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, where there will be uh, there will be criticism like that. Hey, look, this movie kind of sucked anyway, and this wrong-headed casting decision was the first of many bad decisions that were made that led to this movie sucking. Yeah, that if you wanted to do better, you should have done better. Yeah. Now, uh, 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 here. Caller, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get your opinion in, in a second. Let me set this up for a second because yeah, there was another voice that chimed in, the ever-present uh, Max Landis, mm. who said in a YouTube video that if you have a problem with this casting, you've got a problem with the fact that there are no Asian stars, not the fact that this particular movie went to a white actress because the problem, the larger problem, is that there are fewer and fewer movie stars in general and no Asian stars, let alone an Asian female star, that would do this film justice in terms of getting a studio to put big cash behind it. So you're not. So you're telling me Max Landis said something controversial on the internet. Is that what you're getting at? Man, that rainbow maned <laughs> boffin has struck again. <laughs> um, that's yeah. I have I have things to say about that. Let's hear what this caller thinks. What do you think, caller? Um, I just wanted to add to what you guys were kind of saying about how it's it's all about power, like how there really aren't any Asian actors in any movies that we like any big stars in anything. And you said that there's more in TV, but even still, like they're all you know they're not the main character; they're all side characters, and it just it doesn't exact. They're not represented. Where at least Samuel L. Jackson, there are lots of famous black stars, and there are but there aren't as many Asian stars. Mm, yeah. So this goes right along with what you were saying, Justin, or what, what Max Landis is saying. And not, not that Max Landis and I don't disagree on a bunch of issues. Sometimes when he says things, I always appreciate his uh, sort of blunt approach to stuff. Um, I mean, Hey, he was on set when that guy died in his dad's movie. So there's, you know, that, that makes you a hard, a hard player. I, don't I mean, know. Listen, let, let, let's, let's remember this. Back in 2002, <laughs> there was a movie that came out called Better Luck Tomorrow. Yeah. It was a all-Asian cast. All right. It was a crime drama. All right. Uh, and it was pretty good. I remember I saw it in theaters. Uh, but it, it, it gained a lot of traction because of the idea of, hey, look, this is a script that could be any script. It's just a crime drama story. Doesn't It, it doesn't involve anybody doing kung fu or, you know, uh, uh, telling a, a story of the immigrant experience, right? It's a bunch of kids that get into some some business and puts them in over their heads, and now they got to figure out who to trust and who not to trust. From that film, best I can tell, the, 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 the person who came out the biggest was the director, Justin Lin. Yep. Who is going to be, is directing the, the he directed a bunch of Fast and the Furious movies, and he's going to be directing the new Star Trek movie as it comes out. But in general, like there was nobody that even popped out of that that really made made the movie any or, 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 or you know, uh, use it as a springboard in any kind of gigantic way. And that's where I think for people who are Asian, sympathetic to the cause or want to see more Asians on screen, that's where it's frustrating is that even when there's a spark, there's no 
follow through. Mm. Like they're like right now, there is somebody thinking at a studio. They're looking at Scarlett Johansson and they're like, man, Scarlett Johansson is great. She is going to be able to make us money for probably another five years. And at that point, we're going to need the new Scarlett Johansson. Mm. And they are working very, very hard in a lab to cultivate starlets that have the same smoky eyes and dry witticisms and perfect curves that Scarlett Johansson can bring to a movie-going audience. But yet, when Jet Li was gigantic, when Jackie Chan was gigantic, there was no... I mean, number one, it's, it's telling that both of those were martial artists, right? But there was nobody thinking, hey, can we get another Asian actor? Who's our next Jackie Chan? There right. was never that thought. Right. You know, or at least it wasn't enough of a priority that we got one. Because I'll guarantee you this, we're going to get another Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get another uh, 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 a dreamboat white guy muscle actor. Yeah, and there's, there's plenty of George Clooney's left. There are many Brad Pitt's still to be made. There are, they, and, and there is there is a lab where they are being worked on. They, they just, they, they, they get them in in bundles from Iowa, just a bunch <laughs> of white guys. And they, and they are, they're running them through training simulations right now. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the reason we don't have a, a new Jackie Chan and the reason we don't have, and we actually may, may very well, but we do not know it. The reason we don't have new Jet Lees and Jackie Chans is because part of the reason we think we had them in the first place is because we saw something rad happening in Hong Kong and went, ooh, we got to get us some of that. And even then we meddled in it. Hey, how about you put a little rock and roll at the end of your credits and uh, show Jackie Chan hurting himself for the American release? All right, sounds good. How about we cut out all the other stuff we don't like and make it a little more appealing to American audiences? Like this is what this industry does for yeah. its for its primary consumer target or its most influential consumer target, which is a bunch of white people in America. So we borrowed slash stole those guys anyway. Like there need there needs to be some other underground well, film movement. In, in industry wise, though, that's great. They got to make some money, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like like they were better off for having an a, a exposure to the American audiences. And Asian Americans could see somebody up on screen that looked a little bit more like them, and that is and that is fine, right? Yeah. By the way, Linky McScoots. Hit me up on Twitter while we're going on here to let me know that Jap Camp Road has a nudist colony on it, which is just <laughs> delightful. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Who's this and what's up? Hey, this is Sean from Red Bluff, California. Well, hello, Sean. Keeping the Red Bluff and, safe. Hey, California is repping hard on this episode. Yeah, Go ahead, Red yeah. Bluffs. Uh, so... I uh, just wanted to add a couple of things to what you guys were saying before. Uh, number one, about uh, about casting uh, people of color in traditionally white roles, like uh, like Nick Fury in the Avengers. Sure. Uh, and I and I think uh, one thing is that there's nothing that takes away from Nick Fury being Nick Fury by being black. But on the other hand, there's definitely something that gets taken away from a character named Motoko Kusanagi by casting a not Asian person. Oh, interesting. You're 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 saying they chip out, they chip away a piece of what makes the character that that character. So just from a pure like purist story standpoint, you're automatically removing uh, parts that matter. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I won't lie, I'm a big fan of Ghost in the Shell to begin with. And it's, it's one of those things that's really an inherently Japanese story to begin with. Like Americans don't have the same relationship to the subject matter that, that Asians do. So it's, it's kind of, it, it feels disrespectful to, to kind of 
you know, chip away not only at their, you know, cultural identity by miscasting the main character. Sure. Uh, but yeah. Well, it also, you could compare this to the whole James Bond argument of whether, you know, when, when the, when word starts flying around that Idris Elba is going to take that his place, which is not confirmed and probably won't happen, but let's just say that that did happen because there was a lot of controversy or conversation about that. He's British. He's debonair. He's a great actor and he can totally be James Bond color notwithstanding oh who yeah cares? absolutely and so that yeah, doesn't make I mean, any difference I mean, there but if you're talking about a character who is intrinsically japanese based on the story or intrinsically black based on a story or take a character who is intrinsically white in a story like really truly needs to be white to make the story work whatever that is m&m's life story let's say then you got then you oh, go yeah, then absolutely. you go with a white guy or else you are taking away from the m&m story totally get it the peter frampton tale <laughs> <laughs> it, incidentally uh also there's just enough delay on the feed from my end that jury looks like he's in a shaw brothers movie well so. he is he is always perpetually in a shaw brothers movie as far as i'm concerned uh <laughs> great thoughts man uh what a great call that was we got one more here this is from somebody who's this hey this is joe uh living here in the midwest hey man it's good to talk to you uh, what's uh, uh, what state in the midwest are you in well, right now I'm in Minneapolis. All right, so, that, uh, that works. Anyway, home home, uh, of, home of David Letterman. That works for me. <laughs> That's not. Uh, hey guys, question for you. Uh, with all the, the previous caller, I think I'm kind of pointing to his point. They're talking about this intrinsically Japanese uh, culture when you get into some of this anime, mm-hmm. and I've been trying to dig into some of the anime. I have a real tough time culturally. Mm-hmm. I understand like England has classism. What is it about Japan that I, like, uh, there's some anime on Netflix I just have a real tough time getting into. It's supposed to be great anime. I just, I can't figure it out. Is this stuff going to ever appeal to me? Well, <laughs> it's an a, American? I mean, right. it's obviously uh, a subjective question, but. Yeah. For that discussion of uh, what is, uh, what, what constitutes the nuances of Japanese culture, we now turn to a Mormon from Utah <laughs> and a Floridian. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't have it. I'm t- in fact, the one thing I wish that was happening with today's show, the only thing I miss, and this is not to listen, all you white guys that have called in and ladies. You're whitewashing the conversation about whitewashing. You're totally fine. Be, I would love to hear from somebody with a pr- specific perspective. It's okay if they're not out there, but I guess, I guess I would say this. I have the same struggles. Anime and I rarely get along. Once in a while we do, and usually when we do, it's because it's very Western influenced. Ghost in the Shell, by the way, part of the reason I really like it is I feel like it's one of the more westerny kind of influenced uh pieces i don't think that it applies as well to most other anime most popular other anime it isn't to say that we can't appreciate it obviously has a huge following here and has grown steadily and and quickly over the years but i'm the same way why does every anime seem to have to have a dirty old man and a weird pet in it how come they all have the giant eyes and why is our hero always angry with hair in his face like i got a million questions and it extends to video games made in japan like me too dude I got the same walls, the same blocks. I think it's okay to admit that, you know, it's okay well, uh, to know that we just don't get it sometimes. And I think that's, that is just part of it. Uh, I, I have never uh, really like, I mean, if, if, if asked to name my, my favorite anime, I, I don't know if I would have an answer to that question. And uh, I, I've, I've never really gotten into it. I will say this, that every, uh, if I'm, if I'm going to round up in my head, everybody that I've known, that's been a huge, a super huge fan of anime. Uh, most of them are white guys, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. You know, that's, that's, that's who, you know, granted I've known, I've probably been friends with mostly white guys. Uh, but 
that that's who has been into anime. I mean, there's obviously a cross-cultural uh, interest there or, or an element of Japanese culture for which touches uh, the, the human condition and, and not just uh, geographical. All right, let's take uh, another caller. We might have room for two more. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Oak Dragon again. Hey, Oak Dragon. Back for Hi. more. I have a uh, perspective as someone who grew up with mixed, mixed, an, uh, mixed ancestry. And, uh, and I know that one of my, um, yeah, back for more, one of my big issues was, one of my big, uh, I'm sorry, my, uh, as a kid, I was a fan of the Cisco Kid and I Love Lucy. I think because of the Hispanic characters. Oh, interesting. And and a lot, yeah. I, I perceive both those uh, portrayals as kind of over the top and not, not necessarily overtly racist, maybe more so Cisco kid. Cause that was a white dude doing a really <laughs> ratty accent and stuff like that. But, uh, but that's interesting as somebody with, with mix, I assume the mixed heritage is Latino and, and something else, right? Yeah. Okay. But it was all we had, you might say, you know, and, uh, <laughs> So much of our, you know, a lot of people of color, they would uh, reach for whatever was out there. Okay, so if you're, uh, so if you're a, I'd much rather have a black person speak to this, but I'll just go ahead and do it. If yeah. I, if if I, if all I had access to when I was younger is like Shaft, well then I'd take it, right? I yes. Mean, for for that, yeah. yeah, for good or for ill, I'd take Shaft. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to sound that way. I really no, didn't. We'll just, let it, we'll just let it sit there for good or for real. Uh, John, uh, Justin, you want one more of these? I got one more here. Yeah, let's go it. one more. Let, let's right. finish strong. All right. Who we got here? Who's this? Jake Shaft here on uh, <laughs> on on uh, Hotline Monday. Call That's him. right. Who's this? Oh, I'm just going to say this is Gary and leave it at that. All right. <laughs> I know what Gary this is. All right, Gary, go for it. Uh, it was just uh, a couple of callers ago, uh, somebody was, you know, talking about the fact that they had a hard time getting into anime. And at my advanced age, I have finally decided I don't have to like everything that everybody else likes. Yeah. yeah dude. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I like what I like and I try different things every now and then. And if I don't like them, I move on. How old are you this year, Gary? Just curious. Um, well, I'm uh, 66 now. Yeah. See, look at that. So, this is here. here, here great, great, great age. It is a seasoned guy, a total nerd, loves geek stuff and geek culture, but occasionally something will come across the table. You're just like, that's eh, probably not for me. And that's okay. Right. No, that's not, that's not okay. That's evolved. Right. Because we are only moving into a world where there is more and more accessible culture. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it used to be one thing when everybody would just watch the same four shows that were in the genre that were on television. Now there's a million, and now there's every show that was ever created is available to you on demand. Now the shows we don't have to wait to see whether or not a show is going to come over from England, or maybe a show is going to come over from Japan, or maybe something really great from Australia is going to make its way here. There are illegal ways to get literally everything the second that it airs, and there are many times legal ways to get it. So there is no shame. In fact, you are a liar if you do not start drawing lines in the sand and saying, you want to know what? I like this. I don't like that. I think this is fun, and I understand it, and I appreciate it. I don't get what the hot hell is happening in this, and I find it alien, and I can't connect with it. That's fine. That's human. That's the way we are built. Yeah. I mean, despite casting in this movie, who knows? The Ghost in the Shell may not make a splash with any audience. We don't know. There's so much we don't know about it. I, and I hope it does. And I hope it does really, really well because I do believe that that is a uh, a story that is beloved by people 
and I think could resonate with other with 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 other uh, with other uh, audiences. And if that does well, you have to assume that Akira is something that has been in and out of 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 development hell for a very long time, and could get another look. And maybe at that point, you say, "Well, hey, listen, we we have uh, this this person uh, of evasion descent for which would do a great job." You know, uh, we'll, we'll see. Speaking, as, speaking as of Akira, too, by the way, they were, this was not uncontroversial a year or two ago when the rights were acquired by um, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company. And the word was he was going to play the, the lead role and people lost their minds. And there was no there was no proof to that. No official announcements, no trailers, no posters, no anything. So, so well, this was 2011, was it? I don't remember. Uh, no, no, no. 2011, the rumors were Robert Pattinson, Andrew Garfield, and Justin Timberlake <laughs> were on the short list. Uh, Chris Pine, yeah. Michael Fassbender, Garrett Hedlund, James McAvoy. Oh, man, dude, 2011. All the white guys from 2011. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, no, 2013, I guess it was Alive Again uh, with, with uh, uh, something with Leo. I don't know what it, um, something was going on there. Maybe he was just producing and had nothing to do with it outside of that. But yeah, they, I don't know. Look, here's how it's going to go. It's going to be controversial until it comes out. Probably. Will there be uh, the big boycott or something weird? Probably not. Uh, should things change in Hollywood to try to, to, to um, support a better system of more diversity from within it and have that grow out. And that, does that take time? All of that stuff is true. And yes, we do want that. Um, but, uh, you know, in the short term, here's what you probably should be glad about, that it's happening less often, that these kinds of things, the more often they happen, the worse it goes for for the product. You know, Gods and Kings did very poorly, mm -hmm. um, probably could have done a little better had it not had that controversy swirling around. It, it was already had an uphill battle, in my opinion. That kind of movie just doesn't do well now or as well. Um, so so we're in a better place. But you got to take these baby steps, man. History's a rising road as as a famous president once said, whose name I forgot, uh, but it's that's that's where I'm at. Is I don't see this as too all that negative, other than you know these are these are moments where we get to talk about it. The show is all about getting to talk about stuff. Normally, it's all about Kirk could totally beat Picard in a chess match, but this today is a little more you know a little more deep, a little harder core. Well, you want to know what? Uh, I think we 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 we've, we've tackled all the tough subjects: race, culture, power, the last unicorn. Mm -hmm. What else is there? That's it. Oh, I, mean, I know. Whatever. What else are we gonna do? We I might know. Well just stop the show right now, but you, but we're not. No, because next week yeah. we're gonna be right back here talking about more exciting things with your help. Yeah, and I will, by the way, have seen Jungle Book by then. I can speak to that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up next month. Is Free Comic Book Day month. During the uh, early part of the month, there's always free comic book day. That means comic book stores and all of that. But it also means for the fourth year running, Frog Pants does free prints to anybody who wants them. That's right. Free costs you nothing, literally nothing. There's no catch. There's no anything. All it is is you sign up for these free these free prints that myself and my daughter make. We're both artists just trying to make it on our own. <laughs> uh, and every year has got a theme. This year it is Villains and Their Pets. The only hint I will give is mine is Marvel, hers is DC. They both, I think, turned out really well. And they will ship to you no matter where you live for 100% free. Uh, the signups aren't yet, but when Wait, they go so live. you cover the postage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We cover the whole schmear. Everything's covered. It's what, like this. What, how much have you shelled out for this in the past? Well, there's thousands of them. Here's here's how it works out. Uh, let's. I'll just lay it all out here. Here's how it works. We do it for free. And the, and the original plan was like, well, we'll get a couple hundred people. It won't be that big a deal. Yeah. We'll just call it an expense and say this is a nice thank you during the year. 
uh, and that worked out pretty well. But more and more people heard about it. More and more people do it. We now do it in the many thousands. And here's how we make up for it. As part of that promotion, there's a coupon code that lasts during that period that gives them breaks on stuff in the store. So discounts if they want. There's n none of it's obviously mandatory, but if they want, they go do it. And enough of you do support that that we're able to not kill ourselves with postage and wow. printing and everything else. Yeah. So it's a really nice symbiotic relationship that breaks even, but it, but we love doing it because but it's, it's a, a great, but it's a great big thing. Yeah. And, uh, and the art, and it's just us drawing things and it's printing them and shipping them. And thankfully I don't do any of the fulfillment. It all happens back east. So I don't have to do any of that. I just had well, to draw at, it at the end of the day. It avoids you from, uh, for better or for ill taking the shaft. Yep. That's exactly right. Don't take the shaft. Even that's even if that's all you can get. So here's what you're going to do. You just want to keep track of my Twitter account at Scott Johnson. I will announce links for sign up and all that stuff upcoming. But we're getting real close. I wanted to just put that in people's ear and let them know. And then then you're going to want to play games on the weekends and stuff. I don't know, like board games because you're sick of your video games. And maybe one of those games could be the contender. And maybe just maybe there's stuff going on with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. The contender is a great game and I hope everybody plays it. It's a party game wherein. You and your friends are, are recreating a presidential debate based on real presidential quotes. Uh, I think it's very funny. I think it's very silly. I think it's an original and fun concept, and I think everybody should play it. But what I want you all to do, if you have or have not purchased the game up till this point, is to head on over to uh, twitter.com slash contender game or facebook.com slash the contender game and like the Facebook page, follow the Twitter page, because it is on those that we are going to be posting these videos that we were shooting all last weekend. And man, I believe they are really, 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 really funny and interesting. I think you guys are going to want to be the first ones to see them so you can spread them around to all your friends and family. Uh, so go ahead and just follow it up, man. The follows are free. Uh, Twitter.com slash contender game or Facebook.com slash the contender game. Look at all the freeness that's happening today. Freeness. Dude, it's a big freeness. It's a huge, throbbing, gaping freeness. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, get the hell out of here, but next week we'll be back. Uh, remember, 3 p.m. Mountain Time, that's 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, every week, every Monday, taking your live calls. Hold on to that hotline number, 801-895-4724. On Twitter, Justin R. Young, Scott Johnson, Hotline Monday for the show. You can also email us, hotlinemonday at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts there, they're always welcome going to do it for us, for me, for Justin, and all you knuckleheads. We'll see you next week. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> well done, everyone. Bah. 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 <laughs>